Hello and welcome to the Decorum Talking Newspaper for the week ending Saturday 11th of June 2022. This is Rod and your other readers are Liz, Jane and Graham. The editor this week is Kevin. All are members of Team 2. Most of our news items are taken from the Hemel Hempstead, Berkhampstead and Tring Gazette and Express newspaper. All telephone numbers are on the local code of 01442 unless stated otherwise. This week's headline is Plans for West Hearts Hospitals are Approved. These and other stories follow. Here is the news. Before we start the current news items, we will look back at a few news items this week in previous years. This week in history, June the 8th, 1968, James Earl Ray, wanted for the murder of Martin Luther King, was arrested in London, travelling under an assumed name with a Canadian passport. On this day last year, a global internet outage caused a number of major websites to go offline for over an hour. Hello, this is Liz. On June 10th, 1943, ballpoint pens devised by Hungarian Laszlo Biro were patented in the United States. And on this day last year, Boris Johnson met Joe Biden in person for the first time at the G7 summit in Cornwall. Hello, I'm Graham. June 13, 1956, Real Madrid won the first European Cup beating Stade de Reims 4-3 in Paris. On this day last year, the England football team played its first match of the Euro 2020 competition and beat Croatia 1-0. June 11, 1952, Dennis Compton hit his 100th century. On this day last year, it was announced England footballer Raheem Sterling would be recognised in the Queen's Birthday Honours list for his work to promote racial equality in sport. June the 12th, 1965, the Beatles were made MBEs in the Queen's Birthday Honours. On this day last year, the government pledged to raise the legal age of marriage to 18 in England and Wales. Hospital Plans Summary. This is a long article. The key points are NHS Trust backs new emergency hospital next to Watford General and refurbishment at Temple Hempstead and St Albans City Hospitals. Trust hails move as a step forward in its path towards new and better buildings. MP Sir Mike Penning tables early day motion calling for a new hospital to be built on a greenfield site. Plans for West Hearts Hospitals are approved. Development plans for West Hearts Hospitals have been approved at a meeting in what the West Hertfordshire Teaching Hospitals Trust, WHTH, is calling another step forward in its path towards new and better buildings. But the MP for Hemel Hempstead, Sir Mike Penning, has appealed to the government for a new hospital to be built. 
Board members for the Trust approved preferred options for a large new emergency hospital on land next to Watford General Hospital and some new hospital buildings and significant refurbishment at Hemel Hempstead Hospital and St Albans City Hospital. The plans have faced criticism from campaigners and MP Sir Mike Penning, who had called for a fresh eyes approach. And on Wednesday, June 1st, the MP tabled an early day motion calling for a new hospital to be built on a greenfield site in West Hertfordshire. Sir Mike said, I will continue to use every avenue open to me to highlight the madness that the Trust is proposing to spend huge amounts of money redeveloping on a wholly unsuitable site. Anyone who knows anything about construction will tell you that building on a greenfield site is easier than redeveloping an existing site whilst keeping the current premises open for business. There are good sites out there that are convenient for Watford as as being accessible for Hemel Hempstead and St Albans. We want a new hospital on a new site accessible to all areas of West Hertfordshire. All we need is some common sense. The Trust's board has approved option six for Watford General Hospital, which includes replacing the Princess Michael of Kent building and option three for the Hemel Hempstead and St Albans hospitals, which it says would result in a wide range of improvements. The Trust will now complete an an outline business case setting out detailed costs and implementation plans, which will be available to the public. This will then be submitted to the new hospital programme, NHP, and the Treasury for a funding decision with the Trust hoping that construction will start in 2024 with the new and refurbished buildings opening in the following few years. Board members reconfirmed their 2020 decision to rule out the possibility of new non-Watford site. The board papers state the trust view to date has been that pursuing options on its current three sites is the quickest and lowest risk route to securing urgently needed improvements to its hospital facilities, as well as cost implications linked to changes at a national level to the timeline, the requirement to achieve lower hospital occupancy rates to improve patient experience means that more beds must be provided, which the Trust says affects design and subsequently cost. Lessons learned from the pandemic, together with the increased emphasis on net zero carbon and standardised approaches to construction, have also had an impact. Deputy Chief Executive Helen Brown explained, in light of some recent changes and also acknowledging the weight of decisions being made today, we wanted to ensure that the board could make an informed decision. Our papers set out new external factors as well as one issue that has remained the same, the speed with which new and improved buildings are needed. This steered our thinking in 2020 and has been the overriding factor again. We ruled out a new site option previously because it would add delay at best and at worst could fail to deliver altogether. That reasoning is even more compelling now because our buildings have deteriorated further. At the same time, our plans to solve this situation have progressed thanks to the huge contribution of our senior clinicians to our proposals and the support we've had so far from planning authorities. In other words, the need for new and improved buildings in the shortest time possible has grown 
as has our ability to do something about it by pressing ahead with our approved options. Philip Aylett, coordinator of New Hospital Campaign, had criticised the Trust for not giving people enough time to consider the options, saying the Trust mounted a rushed engagement exercise with the public based on giving people just two weeks to look at 130 pages of voluminous papers. But the Trust says the papers were made available for, for longer than usual, so that interested stakeholders had additional time to look at the information the board was considering. A feedback form was created to gather views on the papers and there was also the opportunity to submit written representations. The papers show that there were 64 responses to the feedback form, with 53 being unsupportive and 11 showing support. Of that support came from partner organisations, including South and West Hertfordshire Health and Care Partnerships and Central London Community Health Care NHS Trust. The MPs for St Albans and Watford, the St Albans and Harpenden Patients Group and a number of WHTH staff groups. Meanwhile, campaigner groups, including New Hospital Campaign, Hemel's MP Sir Mike Penning, and a number of local residents voiced their opposition. WHTH Chairman Phil Townsend said, We understand some dissatisfaction remains. We do listen to local people who oppose our plans, but we have to weigh those views against a vast amount of clinical, technical and financial information. The question of where to locate emergency hospital services draws such a wide range of views that it is impossible to please everyone. Our hope is that, in time, people will understand that we are acting in the best interests of patient safety, and there simply isn't any higher priority than that. With every passing month, our buildings become harder and more costly to maintain. This would be a worry for any organisation but when you consider that we are in the business of caring for unwell and vulnerable people of all ages and for women giving birth, the responsibility to deliver a solution quickly is huge. It was clear from the discussion today that we cannot and will not accept the delay that reopening the search for a new site would present. Our board takes its accountability seriously and it is not prepared to prolong the risk posed to patients and staff by working from ageing buildings. We are more determined than ever to secure the investment needed to make the options we have approved today a reality. A spokesman for the Trust said, The engagement exercise around our board papers is part of a continued process of engagement spanning many years, during which we have seen broad support for our proposals, both for our buildings and also the way that we plan to organise our services. We very much value the support of our staff and our wider NHS partners. They know our services and are driven by the desire to provide high quality hospital care. Plus, the vast majority of our staff are local residents too, so having their endorsement is doubly delightful. They added, we will continue to listen to local people and where we can, we will implement their ideas to improve and develop our care. Two men arrested after assault. 
Hertfordshire police detectives are appealing for witnesses to come forward after two men were arrested in connection with an assault in Berkhamsted. Police say the incident started in Hilltop Road before continuing into Loring Road at around 1.20pm on Tuesday, May the 24th. The occupants of two vehicles, two in a white Nissan van and the driver of a light blue Subaru, were involved in an altercation before one was assaulted. A man in his 30s was taken to hospital with a head injury. Detective Constable Karina Ng from the Quorum Local Crime Unit said, two people have been arrested in connection with the incident and inquiries are continuing at this time. As part of this, we are seeking independent witness accounts about what happened. She added, I'm appealing for anyone who saw the vehicles travelling in the area around the time or who saw the incident itself to please come forward. I'm particularly keen to hear from anyone who may have captured dashcam footage. Two men in their 20s have been arrested on suspicion of assault, GBH, and have been released on police bail until late June. Anyone with information is asked to email Karina at karina.ng at hearts.police.uk. You, you can also call Hertfordshire Constabulary on 101 and quote crime reference 41 forward, flash, forward slash 41104 forward slash 22. Alternatively, you can stay 100% anonymous by contacting the independent charity Crime Stoppers on 0800 555 £1 million pounds funding. Hemel Garden Communities, HGC, has been given £1 million pounds from the government to create new jobs and housing in the north and east of Hebel Hempstead. HGC was created by Decorum Borough Council, St Albans City and District Council and Hertfordshire County Council to provide sustainable local growth to the community by making more houses in green areas. Hemel Garden Communities Board Chair Bob Lane, OBE, said we are delighted to be part of the government's £15 million funding programme to support the delivery of thousands of new homes in beautiful and green garden communities across England. The Garden Communities programme is part of a nationwide programme to deliver up to 16,000 homes per year from 2025 and create nearly 200,000 new jobs. Six local groups given Queen's Award. Volunteer groups in Hertfordshire have been honoured with the highest award a voluntary group can receive in the UK, the Queen's Award for Voluntary Service. Spandau Ballet's Tony Hadley has congratulated a local charity on its newest achievement, winning the Queen's Award for Voluntary Service. Tony, who is one of Electric Umbrella's volunteers, said, Having worked closely with the charity and performed live with members, I'm always blown away by their energy and enthusiasm for music. He added, This award, on the year of the Queen's Platinum Jubilee, feels extra special and is testament to all involved at EU, the hard-working staff 
the super members and of course the selfless volunteers. Electric Umbrella, which recently opened its Emporium at the Marlowe's Shopping Centre, provides learning disabled people with interactive live music experiences. CEL, CEO Mel Boda said, We are supported by so many amazing volunteers across an array of roles, both musical and non-musical, and this award recognises their contribution. The other winners in the county are Hertfordshire Asian Women's Association, Hertfordshire Domestic Abuse Helpline, Service by Emergency Rider Volunteers Hertfordshire and Bedfordshire, the de Havilland Aircraft Museum Trust, and Watford Social Centre for the Blind. The six groups will receive their awards and certificates from Robert, Robert Voss, Her Majesty's Lord Lieutenant of Hertfordshire. Volunteers from each group will be invited to a Buckingham Palace garden party in May 2023. Work starts on classrooms. A school in Hemel Hempstead has confirmed that groundwork has started on the site. Adifield Academy has announced that groundwork has begun to create a block of eight new classrooms after they received funds from Hertfordshire County Council. The expansion is part of a wider project to refurbish the school following the installation of a games pitch and renovation of science labs. Executive Member of Education, Libraries and Lifelong Learning from Hertfordshire County Council, Terry Duris, visited the Hemel Hempstead site along with Margaret Chapman, Chief Executive Officer of Atlas Multi Academy Trust. The school has also been recognised as a school of character by the Association for Character with the University of Birmingham. A spokesperson for the school said, our staff and students demonstrate outstanding commitment and were integral to our success in securing this prestigious award. We are grateful to all who contribute so positively towards our school community. World War II pistol handed over in amnesty. The Second World War trophy handgun was among firearms handed in across the region as part of a police gun amnesty. The rare from a stop self-loading pistol was taken from the prisoner as a trophy in the closing stages of World War II. It was surrendered in Hertfordshire. It was among 143 firearms and more than 1,400 rounds of ammunition handed in as part of the gun amnesty across Bedfordshire, Cambridgeshire and Hertfordshire. The operation between May the 12th and 29th was part of a nationwide firearms surrender campaign, encouraging members of the public to hand in any unwanted or illegal firearms to avoid prosecution for simple possession offences. Chief Superintendent Matt Thompson, Firearms Surrender Campaign Lead for Bedfordshire, Cambridgeshire and Hertfordshire Police Forces said, This operation has seen a large number of weapons rendered safe from harm, including 58 viable firearms, many of which were more vulnerable to falling into the hands of criminals. Firearms incidents in our counties are thankfully rare occurrences in no small part due to operations like this one, which demonstrate the continued willingness of the wider public to make such meaningful contributions to public safety. While the vast majority of the surrendered firearms will be subject to destruction, 
the rare Second World War handgun, which is classified as a Section 5 firearm under the 1968 Firearms Act, unlawful to possess without very specific strict authorities in England and Wales, is to be transferred to the Ministry of Defence and added to its teaching collection. Crackdown on seatbelt rule flouters. Officers will be out and about on Hertfordshire roads next week, targeting those who break vehicle seatbelt rules. Hertfordshire police are joining a national road safety campaign to highlight the dangers of not wearing a seatbelt. From Monday, June the 13th until Sunday, June the 26th, officers will be out on the roads proactively engaging with the public during their patrols, ensuring that both drivers and passengers are wearing their seatbelts correctly and driving safely. Anyone found not to be wearing their seatbelt could be fined up to £500. Chief Inspector Graham Walsingham, who coordinates local activity in support of road policing campaigns, said... Not wearing a seatbelt could have devastating consequences and this campaign is running to remind everyone of the importance of wearing one. If you are involved in a crash and not wearing a seatbelt, you are at risk of being seriously injured or even killed. Wearing your seatbelt could genuinely be the difference between life and death for both drivers and passengers involved in a collision. Failing to wear a seatbelt is one of the most common causes of serious injuries and deaths on the roads. One of the simplest ways you can keep yourself safe while driving is by wearing your seatbelt, regardless of how short your journey is. Studies have found that people aged between 17 and 34 years old are least likely to wear their seatbelts, and that people in that age range also have the highest collision rate. Statistics show that not wearing a seatbelt means you are twice as likely to use your, lose your life if you are involved in a collision. A social media campaign began on Monday, June the 6th to spread awareness of the rules around seatbelts. You can visit Hertfordshire Constabulary website www.hearts.police.uk forward slash advice forward slash advice and information forward slash rs forward slash road safety forward slash seatbelts forward slash for more information regarding the risks and penalties of not wearing a seatbelt. Jubilee Art Contest winner a Chambersbury primary school pupil has received a first prize award for her artwork commemorating the Queen's Platinum Jubilee in a recent Riverside Shopping Centre competition. To commemorate the Jubilee, schools in Hemel Hempstead were invited to join in with an art competition inspired by the Queen and all things British. Out of 350 entries from 13 local schools, 10-year-old Lizzie one overall for her drawing of a quintessential tea party. Her winning entry received £1,000, which she will be presented with for her school next month. 
Lizzie also is to be given a hamper filled with items from shops at the centre. Lizzie's artwork, along with the other top 19 entries from the competition, is on display at Riverside Shopping Centre in the former Top Shop unit and is open every day, 10am till 4pm until June 17th. The Wildlife Trust, some facts and figures. Putting nature back into recovery. In 2020, the Wildlife Trusts launched 30 by 30, a public appeal to raise £30 million to start putting nature into recovery across at least 30% of land and sea by 2030. Their 30 by 30 work takes its lead from the UN Convention on Biological Diversity, CBD, an agreement between countries based on natural and biological resources with three main goals, to protect biodiversity, to use biodiversity without destroying it, and to share any benefits from genetic diversity equally. The CBD has proposed that at least 30% of the world's land and seas should be protected in the next decade to prevent the destruction of the planet's biodiversity as part of a global framework to protect the Earth's plant and wildlife. The 30% threshold of wildlife habitat in a landscape has been calculated by looking at a range of different species and their requirements. At less than 30% cover, habitat patches are too small and isolated and species richness, the number of species in any one area, abundance and survival rates decline. This is what has led to the UK becoming one of the most nature depleted countries on earth. Where habitat cover is greater than 30%, habitat patches will, on average, be larger and the distance between patches will typically be less, resulting in greater connectivity. This means that if local extinctions do occur, other populations of the same species can move into the area easily. It's time to fall in love with our planet again. <clears throat> A world without hedgehogs, water voles or red squirrels may sound like something from a dystopian novel. But these are just some of the animals staring down the barrel of extinction unless urgent action is taken. The UK is one of the most nature depleted countries in the world and with 41% of species in decline since the 1970s plus 15% of species at risk of disappearing forever it is imperative to move now, says the Wildlife Trusts. The charity's chief executive, Craig Bennett, makes no attempt to sugarcoat the gravity of the problem. The situation is dire and nature needs to be put in special measures. We must ramp up action as never before by triggering a decade of nature restoration, he said. Conservation of the wildlife and habitats, habitats that remain is no longer enough because what we've got left is so fragmented and diminished. In the past, we've focused on preserving habitats and species. Now we need to restore the abundance of nature and with it, the ecosystem processes that'll get nature working again. The Wildlife Trusts, a grassroots, grassroots movement of 46 charities with more than 850,000 members and 38,000 volunteers plan to empower people to reverse the negative trend.
Earlier this year, unveiling the framework of how it intends to restore nature at a global scale on land and at sea, the movement said the plans would mean that people will be able to experience nature in a way that they may never have done before, with large populated areas butting up against large rewilded landscapes. Crucially, its Strategy 2030 puts people at the heart of vast nature restoration projects that the movement says will do more than just halt the decline of nature, claiming they will reverse it instead. The role of people is enshrined in the movement's three goals. It wants to inspire one in four people to take action for nature by working with communities, especially young people, to rewild their neighbourhoods. The Wildhood Trusts want to put nature in recovery by making more space for it, connecting habitats on a large scale, restoring the abundance of nature and enabling ecosystems to function again. And thirdly, the charities aim to enable nature to help humanity so that wild places store carbon, prevent flooding, reduce soil erosion, aid pollinators and support people's well-being. Despite the huge loss of wild places and wildlife that depends on them, there is hope, said Craig. The UK has committed to protecting and managing 30% of land for nature by 2030. And we're going to be working with all national governments and local authorities to make sure this happens. Nature needs people to act now before it's too late. And we can all be part of the effort to restore the, our natural world at the scale so desperately needed. We found that people want to get involved and the wildlife trusts with staff in every part of the UK are well placed to enable this to happen. It's up to us all, businesses, landowners, schools, governments and individuals to heal our natural world. The wildlife trusts are working in every county of the UK, empowering people to drive change. Gloucestershire provides one of many examples of how to increase the land that benefits nature to 30%. The county has just 13% of natural land, and Gloucestershire Wildlife Trust recognises that working in partnership with the people of the county is crucial to achieving an increase of at least 17%. The Trust plans to achieve this in a variety of ways, from creating new wetlands to huge treescapes using the natural catchment of the River Severn as the backbone for recovery. We can succeed at putting nature into recovery if we all work together as one interconnected community, said Liz Bonin, President of the Wildlife Trusts. Our precious ecosystems, all interconnected and interdependent themselves, need to be able to do their job in maintaining the health of our planet. The Wildlife Trust's strategy is harnessing the tremendous amount of expertise from all 46 trusts to restore our wild places, putting people at the heart of it all. It's time to fall in love with our planet again 
and become the responsible custodians it deserves. Sunflower Solidarity Hundreds of people in and around Hemel Hempstead joined to plant sunflowers over the Jubilee weekend in a show of solidarity with the people of Ukraine. Residents were invited by Community Action Decorum and Sunnyside Rural Trust to recycle their used coffee cups and plant flowers. Community Action Decorum have been supporting Ukrainian guests and the UK host families since the war started in February. Aneta Wujek, refugee and migrant officer, said, We have brought together local groups of host families to ensure they have a voice across the county. She added, We have been finding offers of help and support for the families to ensure that they are not alone. Most of them are well set up and doing a wonderful job, so my work becomes easier. The first hour was open specifically for Ukrainian guests to come and plant flowers, and Councillor John Burney, Mayor of Decorum, led the planting on behalf of the borough. Anita said, It was wonderful to hear people chatting to one another in Ukrainian as they planted flowers. They were happy for a moment and able to remember friends and family back home. She continued, we know that some of the guests, particularly the older ones, they speak little English and can be very isolated. Events like this make life more bearable for them. Over 140 sunflowers were planted by decorum residents and Ukrainian guests with the help of staff and volunteers from both charities. The event was supported by Asda Watford and Hertfordshire County Council who provided the materials. Dr Simon Alton, Chief Executive of Community Action Decorum, said that he was extremely proud of the charity's work to welcome Ukrainian people into the borough. Dr Alton said, This was an event where everyone could be involved and add to the beauty of the Old Town area in a way that is meaningful. Phoebe, 11-month-old cat, needs rehoming. This beautiful little lady is Phoebe, who is around 11 months old. She loves playing and is very happy for you to join in before relaxing. She, she does enjoy the occasional sit on your lap to say hello as much as any busy lady can. She can be a bit nervous around new people when she's in a new situation, so we need someone who is happy to give her that time to settle in. When she is settled and got used to her new forever home, she is a joy. She is a very lovely little lady who just wants someone to love her and she will return the love double. <laughs> she would be happier in an older family environment where she can relax and know she is loved and safe as the only pet and where someone can be around her in the day. Her new home will be away from main roads, through roads and with a secure garden to stroll in when she has settled in. Thank you, street champions. Decorum Borough Council would like to say a huge thank you to their street champions litter picking team, a group of almost 700 volunteers from across the borough. So far in 2022, the team has collected more than 450 bags of litter, including 145 bags of recyclable waste. Many of the volunteers take part to contribute towards their Duke of Edinburgh awards, while others are young families or retired residents using their spare time to help keep their community clean. Street Champions 
have reported the most commonly found items include face masks, drinks bottles and fast food related packaging. Decorum Borough Council continues to push anti-littering message through the social media, offering free school talks and displaying signage across the borough. The issue of fines by the district enforcement officers to those seen dropping linter is almost having an, is also having an impact. Two of the regular litter pickers, Marilyn and Ray Taylor, said we can all happily share our green spaces, but not our litter. Bin it or take it home. Every quarter, the champions can enter into a competition to win prizes or vouchers. If you are interested in joining the street champions team and receiving your own litter picking kit, register online today at www.decorum.gov.uk forward slash street hyphen champions. If you'd like to organise a one-off litter picking event, the council can loan out litter picking sticks and arrange the collection of bags of litter. To request litter picking equipment, email cleansafegreen at decorum.gov.uk with details of your event. Let's talk opinions and letters. Energy plan is all wrong. Kwasi Kwarteng said last weekend, I'm not going to put Britain's energy security at risk by shutting off domestic oil and gas production. We will need oil and gas for decades to come. Either we source more of what we need from the North Sea or import more from abroad. What he didn't say was that any new oil or gas fields in the North Sea will take at least a decade to become productive. Whatever happened to keep 1.5 alive and a transition to net zero... This is extraordinary from a minister setting himself against the UN, the International Energy Agency, the government's own expert advisers, and all climate scientists. We need a windfall tax, huge investment in energy efficiency and renewables, cutting demand to the essentials, and no new oil and gas. That is how we get through this and minimise the damage ahead. The UN Secretary-General said recently the truly dangerous radicals are the countries that are increasing the production of fossil fuels. It is moral and economic madness. So many wrong policies from this government that threaten lives and livelihoods. From Jay Milton by email. Queen is a real leader. How wonderful that we celebrated Her Majesty's Platinum Jubilee. It's been such a hard couple of years for her with Prince Philip's death and all the trouble with Meghan and Harry, as well as Prince Andrew's alleged misdemeanours. When we look at the other leaders in our country, she sets a fine example of someone who follows the rules and governs with integrity. Our Prime Minister and his government should take note. Betty Parner by email. Punish the litterbugs. Can I thank the wonderful people who go out collecting litter from our streets and play areas? Thank goodness for all their hard work. I don't know where we'd be without them. 
I don't think the main problem is with people fly tipping, although that is awful. It's just those that just pick, drop their crisp packet or throw their takeaway wrappers onto the side of the road. The other day, I even saw someone open their car window and throw an empty coffee cup out. We should have wardens out and about finding these people who drop litter or maybe making them clear it all up as a punishment. Then these wonderful volunteers would be able to put their feet up and relax. From Barbara Davis by email. Warning as residents receive scam police calls. Fraudsters posing as police officers have been contacting residents in Hertfordshire. Older residents, including those living in retirement villages, have particularly been targeted. Please share this alert with your older relatives and friends. This crime has a devastating effect on people, so we need to raise awareness to prevent more people becoming victims. The scams usually start with a phone call. The caller claims to be a police officer and tells you there is fraudulent activity on your bank account. You are then asked to put the, your bank cards and or money into an envelope and give them to a courier or taxi driver who is sent to your home by the caller. In some cases, victims are asked to buy goods or vouchers. The phony police officer may also ask for your bank details, such as your accounts and PIN numbers, as part of their investigation. This is a scam. If you receive an unexpected call, you should be suspicious. It is vital to remember that your bank and the police would never ask for your bank account details or PIN number over the phone. Do not disclose these to anyone, no matter who they claim to be. The bank and police would never ask you to withdraw money or purchase items and send it to them via a courier or by any other means. And they would never ask you to send your bank cards or any other personal property via a courier or by any other means. If you are suspicious of a caller, please end the call. Remember, when reporting a suspicious phone call to police, use another phone or test your line first by phoning a friend or relative to ensure you aren't still unwittingly connected to the fraudster. In an emergency, or if a crime is in progress, call 999. There were no obituaries on the family announcement page this week. The family announcement page this week had just one entry covering births, deaths and marriages. It seems that this is part of the paper is now being managed by a national company. Kevin, this week's editor, has emailed them to ask why so few are coming through. If you know of any announcement that you would like to be listed, please leave us a message on telephone number 01442 927-123. Films at the cinema this week include Top Gun Maverick. After more than 30 years of service as one of Navy's top aviators, Pete Maverick Mitchell, Tom Cruise, is where he belongs, pushing the envelope as a courageous test pilot and dodging the advancement in rank that would ground him. When he finds himself training a detachment of Top Gun track graduates for a specialised mission, the likes of which no living pilot has ever seen, 
Maverick encounters Lieutenant Bradley Bradshaw, Miles Teller, callsign Rooster, the son of Maverick's late friend and radar intercept, Officer Lieutenant Nick Bradshaw, also known as Goose. Facing an uncertain future and confronting the ghosts of his past, Maverick is drawn into a confrontation with his own deepest fears, culminating in a mission that demands the ultimate sacrifice from those who would be chosen to fly it. Jurassic World Dominion. This June, experience the epic conclusion to the Jurassic era as two generations unite for the first time. Chris Pratt and Bryce Dallas Howard are joined by Oscar winner Lauren Dern, Jeff Goldblum and Sam Neill in Jurassic World Dominion, a bold, timely and breathtaking new adventure that spans the globe. From Jurassic World architect and director Colin Trevorrow, Dominion takes place four years after Isla Nublar has been destroyed. Dinosaurs now live and hunt alongside humans all over the world. This fragile balance will re <coughs> reshape the future and determine once and for all whether human beings are to remain the apex predators on a planet they now share with history's most fearsome creatures. The Man with the Golden Gun, Bond's 60th anniversary. Scaramanga is a hitman who charges $1 million per job. He becomes linked to the death of a scientist working on a powerful solar cell, and James Bond is called to investigate. As he tracks down Scaramanga, he realises that he is highly respected by the killer. But will this prove to be an advantage in the final showdown? Elvis. From Oscar-nominated visionary filmmaker Baz Luhrmann comes Warner Brothers Pictures drama Elvis, starring Austin Butler and Oscar winner Tom Hanks. The film explores the life and music of Elvis Presley, Butler, seen through the prism of his complicated relationship with his enigmatic manager, Colonel Tom Parker, Hanks. The story delves into the complex dynamic between Presley and Parker spanning over 20 years, from Presley's rise to fame to his unprecedented stardom, against the backdrop of the evolving cultural landscape and loss of innocence in America. Central to that journey is one of the most significant and influential people in Elvis's life, Priscilla Presley, Olivia de Jong. All popular films are provided to cinemas with an audio description track. Please mention your requirements at the time of booking. Now to sport. Basketball court opened. Decorum Borough Council officially opened its Northridge Way basketball court after a major refurbishment. Deputy Mayor Alan Johnson opened the court with ribbon cutting as families took part in a basketball shootout with players from Hemel Storm on May 28th. The court has a new all-weather surface, hoops, fencing and a seating area. Hemel firm Witten Electrical gave over 27,000 to take the refurbishment to the next level. 
Councillor Graham Elliott, Portfolio Holder for Corporate Services and Ward Councillor for Chaldon and Warner's End, said this is the only full-size basketball court in Hemel Hempstead and is now a fantastic facility for our residents. Martin Bruce from Witten Electrical said, We're really proud to have been part of providing a facility of this standard for decorum. And bowls. Berkhamsted Bowls Club has had a busy time with a fair degree of success. The club played a friendly against Chess Vale and ran out 105-40 winners with a winning rink of Eric Lloyd, Paul Sims and Dave Sear. This was followed by a match against Kitchener's Club in the Decorum Shield, with Berkhamsted winning two out of the three rinks by a 77-43 scoreline. The ladies' rink won 37-7, the men won 22-14, and the mixed rink lost 22-18. At the weekend, Berkhamsted played against Wealdstone and won 84-32, with a winning rink of Steve Burrell, Jackie Healy and Tony Howard. On the competitive front, the club's men have won through to the third round of the county top ten, with their opponents conceding in the game. They have also won in the preliminary round of the national top club. Men's captain Chris Gray has been successful in his competitive matches in the company of Steve Burrell, Brian Livesey, David Brown, Kevin Clark, Kay Lingwood, Paul Packness and Rob Martin. These results mean Gray and his team will be kept very busy in the near future. Cricket. Progress is made in the 2022 Heath Cup. Hemel Hempstead Town Cricket Club made it through to the semi-finals of the 2022 Heath Park Cup last week. They were up against Chipperfield Clarendon in the quarter-finals and batting first, they put 145 for two on the board with Hem Ilangratni, 42, Lewis Hodgins, 30 and Jack Dudson, 35, not out, all scoring well. In reply, Chipperfield were bowled out for 83, with all seven bowlers taking a wicket, and Nick Hodgins, three for eight, being the pick. The win means Hemel will now play either Northchurch or Burkhampstead in the last four by June 24. Hemel Hempstead's Sunday second team made the trip to London Road to take on Northchurch in a friendly last weekend. Batting first... Northchurch scored 219 for five in their 40 overs with a partnership of 129 for the third wicket between J Phantom, 46, and M James, 80, being key to them getting over the 200 mark. There were two wickets early on for Jack Bowton, two for 58, while Max Clark claimed two for 20, and young Harry Howard, son of former first-team skipper Duncan, picked up one for 35. Hemel found chasing the runs difficult with Nikhil Hinduka top scoring with 38 while Philip Smith added 28. Tayab Sadiq added an unbeaten 20 late on but having been 80 for 5 after 20 overs it was always going to be tough and Hemel eventually slipped to a 61 run defeat. Former Durham batsman Gary Pratt scored a century as Hertfordshire suffered an 18-run defeat to Cumbria in Group 1 of the National Counties Trophy 
at Cockermouth. Pratt's competition best of 122 was his fifth in the competition and it dominated a fourth wicket partnership of 146 with Matt Sempill, 49, as they helped the hosts pile on a big total of 288 to 6. Hertfordshire recovered from 1 for 2 thanks to a third wicket partnership of 116 between Zain Ul Hassan, 78, and Jujhar Jabal, 61. Jake Rowe, 51, sustained the chase with a half century on his competition debut. However, Sempill took two wickets with 10 balls and Hertfordshire's chase eventually fell short as they were dismissed for 270. Golf. Green wins June medal at Little Hay. Darren Green was celebrating as he won the men's June medal at Little Hay Golf Club on Sunday. He went out in 39 and came home in 39 to win the Division I medal with a two under par net 70. That score saw him beat Craig Peterson by three strokes while Ashley Wade finished in third place with a net 74. Nigel Hopkinson won the Division II medal with a net 72. He finished two strokes clear of second-placed Ivan Lawrence, while Tom Wood was third with a net 77. Little Hayes men's team played their first home match of the year in the Hearts Friendly League. It was a tough task for them, as they were up against leaders, Panshanger. But it proved to be close, a close encounter, and Little Hay were just edged out in a narrow 193-192 to 192 defeat, as the visitors maintained their unbeaten record. Little Hay did have the slight consolation of returning two of the best scores of the day. Lawrence and Steve McCarthy's racked up 42 points, and that was followed by an impressive 43 from Dave Batten and Mick Milne. Earlier in the week, Edward Carroll won the senior June medal with an excellent net 66, beating Ross Doris by a stroke, while Dave Partridge was third with a net 69. Meanwhile, after weeks of coaching with Chris Whittleegg, the club's juniors ventured on to Little Hay's short course for a fun six holes. In football news, Lewis departs, but Trio are staying on at Burkow. Berkhamsted are beginning to make moves as they gear up for the next season. The comrades have confirmed that club captain Lewis Toomey will not be re- returning for the club this summer. However, on the positive side, it has been revealed that three members of last season's squad will be staying on for the next campaign. Chris Devane's team will be looking to go one better next season after they finished as runners-up to Southern League Division I Central champions Bedford Town before losing out to North Lee in the playoff semi-finals. Announcing Toomey's departure, Berkhamsted and said in a statement on Twitter, The club are sad to announce that club captain Lewis Toomey will not be re-signing for the club. 
Everyone associated with the club wants to show their thanks and gratitude to the service he has given the club. After lengthy discussions, both parties mutually agreed it was best to part ways. What a player, what a captain. He did so much to get the club to where it is now, he departs Burko a legend. That announcement was followed by the news that midfielder Adam Watkins and defenders Ben Wolster and Tommy Smith have agreed terms with the club for the new season. The club said Adam had a huge impact on and off the pitch last season and we are thrilled to have him return. Wolster made a huge impact when he joined the club in January and we look forward to more of the same. Experienced centre-half Tommy was an integral part of the squad last season and we are delighted to have him return. Those three players have followed on from the news that Ryan Kinane had already agreed to stay with the Comrades. Burkamps did meanwhile are looking to appoint a new physio, sports therapist, rehabilitator for the 2022-23 campaign. It is a paid role and anyone who wants more information should follow the club on Twitter and send them a direct message. The 2022-23 Southern League Division 1 Central season will be getting underway on Saturday, August 13, with the final day of the campaign being on Saturday, April 22. Football, Hemel Hempstead Town. Mark Jones has made a good start in piecing together his Hemel Hempstead Town squad for next season. Goalkeeper Craig King, who joined the Tudors in the middle of last season and made 25 appearances for the club, has agreed a deal to stay on for the 2022-23 campaign. And he will once again be backed up by Vauxhall Road Academy graduate David Saunders, who impressed when deputising for King during the last campaign. Two other members of last season's squad have also agreed new deals with centre-half Jack Westbrook, who was one of Jones's first signings and scored two goals in 30 appearances, staying on. The versatile Kyle Ajayi, who endured a frustrating campaign, which was blighted by injury, having been an integral part of the Hemel team during the abandoned 2021 season, has also signed a new contract. Jones has also made his first two new signings of the summer. Attacking player Geordie Mongoy has agreed to a move to Vauxhall Road, having scored 11 goals in 30 appearances for Bognor Regis Town last season, before continuing that fine form after joining Walton Casuals. And Hemel have also snapped up midfielder Ryan Hope. He made over 50 appearances for Southall last season as he helped them secure promotion from the Combined Counties League Premier Division North. Hemel, meanwhile, have confirmed their season ticket and match day admission prices for the 2022-23 campaign. Match day prices are £15 for adults. £10 for concessions, which are over 65s, students in full-time education, military personnel and emergency services. And £5 for under-18s, or £2 when accompanying a paying adult. Season tickets are now available and are for league games only. There will be 23 home league matches during the new season. Tickets are available at the early bird prices 
of £245 for adults and £155 for concessions until June 30th and are priced at £280 and £180 respectively after that date. Season tickets can also be purchased under an instalment plan with the first payment on June the 30th and the second on July the 30th. For further information visit www.hemelfc.com or email to secretary at hemelfc.com. And the final item tonight is a DTN AGM reminder. Please note that we have had, a cha had to change the date of our AGM. It is now on Saturday the 3rd of September. The time remains 2pm till approximately 4pm and the venue remains at the Adyfield Community Centre in Queen's Square. Tea and cake will be included and we plan to hire a minibus to help people get to the event. This is a great opportunity for the DTN team to meet listeners and hear what they think. It's also an opportunity for listeners to meet the team that make the weekly broadcasts possible. We look forward to seeing you all there. Kind regards, Audrey Mackey. We are coming to the end of this week's news. Sunrise, sunrise and sunset times for this weekend are sunrise at 04.44 and sunset at 21.17, given 16 hours and 33 minutes of daylight. If you would like to give us any feedback or you have a news story, or know of an event taking place soon that you think would be suitable for our listeners, please get in touch by email to secretary at dtnhemel.org.uk or call and leave a message on telephone number 01442 For those with access to the internet, our news is uploaded to our website soon after the recording each week on Thursday evening. This can be found by visiting dtnhemel.org.uk. If you wish to listen on Alexa, say, Alexa, open the talking newspaper skill. Alexa will ask you which broadcast you want to listen to. When prompted, reply, play the decorum talking newspaper. This part can be tricky if Alexa offers the wrong station. Just say no and then try again. If you have a Google Home, say, Hey Google, talk to talking newspapers. Then, play decorum talking newspaper. For those who are listening to this week's news via a memory stick, after the music, there is the amenities section that gives details of various group and contact details of organisation. Please remove your memory stick carefully from the player and return it to us in the pouch provided. Seal it up carefully. Turn the label over and post it back to us using any Royal Mail postbox. No stamp is required. Thank you for listening. Until next time, it's goodbye from all our readers the editor and Joe, our technician for this week. <laughs>